There's one word from God that can change our life forever. Just one word from God, from the breath of God that can change our life forever. And uh, I think about that one word that he's given us tonight, deliver, because delivered to you might mean so many different things. It might mean spirit, soul, body, financially, socially, but some of you might be working through something too, because we know that our journey is called sanctification. It's a process that we're, we're growing, we're gaining more and more freedom in our life. And I was thinking about specifically the word delivered, that that's like the key word tonight, that God wants you to know that you have been delivered. Amen. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, it says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the God, Son of His love. So He delivered us out of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son's love, and you are free right now. You know, Hosea 4, verse 6 reminds us, though, it's the lack of knowledge of my people perish. So when you don't know what rightfully belongs to you, you'll continue to keep walking in the lack of your privileges and benefits of the kingdom of God. It's kind of like this story, and it bears repeating. I've shared it with you before, but it just bears repeating tonight because it's a, it's a story that just really ministers to a lot of people at High Point Church, and, and I trust it will minister to you too. But there's this man of God who really wanted to become a minister, but he had a problem. He liked tobacco. He liked to smoke. And in order to be licensed and ordained with that particular denomination, he had to be able to sign off saying that he has not touched alcohol or tobacco for 12 months. And he was determined. He wanted to become a licensed minister. He wanted to be a part of the gospel. And so he did everything he could to fight off the urge to smoke for 12 months so he could just really authentically say, I have not touched it for 12 months. And somehow, amazingly, I mean, it was difficult, but he did it. Sure enough, he was licensed, ordained, but he slipped right back into smoking again. And one day he was at a minister's conference, and, and afterwards he uh, went out in the back alley. There was a break. He went out in the back alley, and he lit up, and he started smoking. And, and at this moment, he just broke down. He cried, and he cried, and he cried, and he cried. And he said, Lord, I have tried so hard. I have tried to quit. I've tried cold turkey. I've tried everything. I have tried so hard. And he cried. He really, and I think sometimes many of us can relate, you know, there are things that's like, why do I keep slipping back into this? And this guy was feeling that. And he cried and he cried. And he just kind of got quiet before the Lord. And the Lord said these words to him. And it just amplified in his spirit so loud that it was his rhema word. He said these words to him. He said, don't you know that I would, what I did on the cross at Calvary sets you free? And immediately he's like, oh, yeah. I guess it did. And from that moment on, he dropped the cigarette, never touched a cigarette again in his life because it was the rhema word, the breath, the Holy Spirit breathed into his life and brought deliverance to him. One word from God. So you can read this Bible over and over and over, but without the help of the Holy Spirit hovering over the scriptures, when you're reading the scriptures, if you just read, well, he has delivered me from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of 
of the son of his love. You could read that over and over and over, but until the Holy Spirit breathes life into you that you have been delivered, past tense, you could keep living in that bondage of whatever that might be. And that's why it is essential to go from meditation, meditating the Word of God, so that meditation will bring revelation because revelation is what changes us from the inside out. And revelation will always bring manifestation. Can I hear an amen on that? This is key. This is essential. So we want to move from logos, knowledge, the Bible, to rhema. The Bible says the word of God is alive and sharper than a double-edged sword. And there are several things that we can do to move it quicker into that revelation because we want to move from just reading it like a history book because it's not just a history book. We want to go into it deeper with the help of the Holy Spirit. And that's why we just finished up, you know, this last week talking about how important it is to value the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. When you wake up in the morning, you acknowledge him and say, good morning, Holy Spirit. All throughout the day, you're my senior partner, Holy Spirit. I can't do this without you because God the Father, God the Son are in heaven, right? But God the Holy Spirit is present here with us today. And that's why Jesus said, it's better for me to go than I can send you the helper, the Holy Spirit who will guide you into all truth. So the Holy Spirit is intended to become your best friend. And he promises that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He is so sensitive that we can grieve him. We can quench the power of the Holy Spirit. But we can turn loose the power of the Holy Spirit. And these are things that we can do. And I want to take you just through a couple of quick points. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 reminds us once again. Don't be conformed to the, this world, okay? But be transformed through the renewing of the word of God. So we take time to say, Holy Spirit, I want to read this now today. I want to go into it like I'm hungry and thirsty. I want to go into it like it's brand new information to me. I want to go into it, but I need your help. I know you're hovering over this, and you want to give me a rhema word, revelation, today. And it's his spoken word that will change our life, just like when God said, light be. But let me also say this. Somebody, anybody, anybody like cats? Here, kitty, meow. Anybody like kitties? <laughs> now, I had a cat. I want you to understand. I like, I like cats. I like dogs. I, I'm a pet lover. I, I do. But I want you to understand something. If you have a stray cat that shows up on your back porch tomorrow and it looks hungry, if you feed it a can of tuna, guess who's going to come see you to the next day? Meow. <laughs> so you give him two cans of tuna, and the next day he's going to come back. If you don't want the stray cat to stay, don't feed him. <laughs> I've got a point with this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Sometimes we feed the things that we're not supposed to be feeding just because the flesh likes it. And this is where we've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. It says, don't be drunk with wine, but be, drunk, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because there's no one and nothing in this world that can satisfy like the presence of the Holy Spirit. Now, just quickly going through this, the solution to pollution is going to be dilution. Amen? So when our minds need to be renewed, we take this and we fill our minds with the Word of God and it changes us from the inside out. So we take scriptures like John chapter 8, verse 32, reminds us as you abide in the Word of God, as you abide, you'll be His disciples, and it's the knowledge of the truth that will set you free. 
So once you gain the knowledge of the truth, then you'll be set free so that you can skip forward to verse 36. Therefore, if the Son has made you free, then you shall be free indeed. So the truth is, you are already free, but we have to gain the knowledge of what you have freedom for. A lot of Christians live below their privileges here on earth. They know that Jesus died on the cross for their sins, but that, that's the majority of Christians. That's all they know. And the Apostle Paul says, don't be strangers to the covenant of promises because there's a whole bunch, over 6,000 promises in the Word of God that very few Christians even know about. And so the Apostle Paul addresses this in the book of Ephesians. Don't be strangers to it. So we've got to gain knowledge because it's the knowledge of the truth that sets us free. So we've got to continue to keep abiding. So that's, that's going to be key. But I want you to just see this real quickly. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 15, once again, we see God has disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So how do we, so the truth is that we've already been set free. The enemy has already been disarmed. He's not this big old, you know, horns and, and tail and a pitchfork and he's all scary. He's not. He's defeated. He's been disarmed. We have nothing to be afraid of. The only thing he can do is feed us lies. Lies of who he wants us to believe that we're not. In Christ, we have been set free. We are a child of the Most High God. And there's a certain principle that will help us overcome this quickly. So number one, we grab a hold of the Word of God. We start taking the Word of God and we start investing in ourselves because the best real estate is your mind. Your best real estate is your mind. And the scriptures say, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So to change what you think, you've got to change what you say. And if you want to change what you say, you've got to change what you think. Does that make sense? So the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So that means we've got to say so. What are we redeemed from? We're redeemed from the curse. We're redeemed for sickness, anything that's under the curse. We're redeemed from poverty. We've got to say so, the Bible says. In Job chapter 22, verse 28, it says, You shall also decide and decree a thing, and it shall be established for you, and the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. So some people are praying when they should be saying. The mountains, Jesus said, you're supposed to speak to the mountains. Don't let the mountains speak to you. You speak to the mountains, be cast in the sea. So the key is what you're saying. Are you projecting the truth, the word of God? Or are you saying, repeating what the enemy wants you to say over your life? Because if you sit there and think about, whatever you think about is going to bring about. Just as Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if you believe you can't overcome that illness, if you believe you can't overcome poverty, if you believe you can't overcome whatever that obstacle might be, that's what's going to happen. But if you do believe you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, that if you do believe that you're more than a conqueror through Christ who loves you, if you do believe that you're the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, the lender and not the borrower, blessed coming in, blessed going out, blessed in the city, blessed in the country, and everything that you put your hands to will prosper and succeed, and that your storehouse is blessed. Can I hear an amen? That's Deuteronomy 28. When you put this in you, input will be bringing output. But the key is, what are you saying? Because if you want to decree a thing, establish a thing, you've got to say it. And you've got to say it so you can change what you think. And if you want to, again, change what you think, you're going to need to change what you're saying. 
I hope this is helping someone today. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty and by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Jesus goes on to say in Matthew chapter 18, verse 18, Assuredly, I say to you, whoever, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. One of the ways we release our authority is by decreeing it. God says in his word in Proverbs that you'll eat the fruit of your lips. Life and blessing or death and cursing are going to come out of the power of what we speak. In the book of James, it talks about how our tongue is so powerful that it can turn like a ship. It would be similar to like the rudder, how it turns a massive ship. Your tongue is that powerful. You can turn your marriages around. You can turn your families around. You can declare what you want from God's word. You can establish a thing and you can become exactly what God says you are. And who the Son has set free is free indeed. So walking around saying, thank you, Lord, that I'm free indeed. We've had many people, and I get testimonies via text, emails. Uh, on a regular basis, I have people saying, you know, Pastor, when I came to the church, I, started, I was having problems with smoking or drinking or whatever it was. But I started saying every time in between every puff or every sip, I would say, thank you, Lord, that I'm free from alcoholism. Thank you, Lord, that I'm free nic from nicotine. It has no hold on me. Who the Son has set free is free indeed. So they would declare it over themselves, and they would eat the fruit of their lips. And within oftentimes several weeks, they're completely, totally, entirely free from that. Do we want it that bad, though, the question is? Because that's one of my last principles. I only have time for one more principle. We'll continue this on Sunday. But I want you to understand this. Is that okay to do that? Can I do that to you all? Come back Sunday. <laughs> If a man releases his God-given authority, God releases his ability in and through you. But we need to be to a point where we're ready to be done with the same old, same old, ordinary, below average, ordinary, whatever, below the privileges of God's kingdom. We've got to get to the point where we're fed up. And we say enough is enough. I love this passage in Genesis chapter 27. It just ministers to me every time. Verses 38 through 40, Esau says to his father, this is right after Isaac had just blessed Jacob uh, by accident and uh, thought it was his son Esau who was supposed to get the blessing. And Jacob comes along and kind of sneaks away the blessing uh, from Esau. So it makes a long story short. Here's what happens. Esau's crying out to his dad. He's like, dad, don't you have any blessing left for me? Because they really believed in the power of what was spoken from their dad in those days. And this is what his dad said. Behold, this is his blessing. Behold, away from the fertility of the earth shall be your dwelling and away from the dew of heaven from above. By your sword you shall live and your brother shall, you, shall, you shall serve. What a blessing, huh? But, watch this, this next word is really key. But it shall come about when you become restless. Say the word restless out loud. Restless. That you will break his yoke from your neck. That word restless means uneasy, unsettled, and dissatisfied. Have you ever been dissatisfied knowing that you're living below God's privileges in life? And you just got to the point where like, I am not going to live like this anymore. Because this is the key in breaking that yoke and destroying that burden from your life. Is you've got to become restless saying enough is enough. This is below God's privileges. Jesus taught us to pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven for a reason. If we're not experiencing heaven in our marriages, our families, and our children, and our finances, and our careers, in every area of our life, then we've got to get fed up. 
And we've got to start using our God-given authority and start speaking God's word, the truth over the situation, rather than letting the father of lies, which is known as Satan, who's trying to feed our feelings and emotions so we'll get moved out of God's plan and will for our life. So let me say it like this. Following Jesus without question will always, always, always lead to a brighter future. But that means implementing God's plan for our life too. So what Jesus says, you've got to speak to that mountain. That means we've got to speak to that mountain. Don't let that mountain speak to you. That mountain of debt, that mountain of sickness, that mountain of whatever it might be. Don't let it speak to you. You've got to speak to it. You've got to get fed up with it. They've proven that self-talk medically changes a person. This has been talked about for over 2,000 plus years. And now they're finding out like, hey, this is really true. We've got to do some self-talk to change the way we think and reprogram our minds so we can get better results. Well, Jesus has been telling us this for years. Proverbs has been telling us this for years. For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. But we've got to use self-talk, God's word, to mirror it in our lives and get fed up and say enough is enough. So I'll close with this story. There was a young little boy riding with his dad who was a painter one day. And he was going up to an estate to paint these homes. And this guy, you have to understand, this dad was an alcoholic. He was abusive. He was very, um, just not a really pleasant dad to be around. And he had his little boy with him to help him that day. And he noticed that his little boy, so this little boy was looking up at this beautiful estate, mesmerized at this gorgeous home. And the dad sees what's going on, and he slaps his son across the face, and he says these words, Don't even think about it, son. You'll be just like your old man, a drunk and a good for nothing. You'll never own anything like that. And you know, that seemed like a prophecy that was coming true in his life because later in life, that little boy grew up and next thing he found himself was in the bars on a regular basis. He knew it didn't seem right, but he just didn't know how to live right. One day as he was sitting there at the bar, just thinking quietly, literally in through the doors walked Jesus. Now, how many know that Jesus can present himself at any time, whenever he wants? He has my blessing to do it. I don't think he needs it, but you know what I'm saying now. And in through the bar, sits down on the stool next to this young man now, who is living just like his dad. He looked at him with love and compassion in his eyes, and he said to that young man, he said, come, follow me. And immediately that young man pushed away his beer, got up, walked out of that bar, began attending church, and today that young man owns that exact home that his dad said, you'll never own that home or anything like it. But it means following Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And what he says, do, do it because it will change your life forever. Would you take a moment and pray with me as we continue our worship service tonight? Father, thank you so much for our time together. Thank you that you are working signs, wonders, and miracles, that you are setting your people free. And Father, I just sense that there is a restlessness tonight in the stirring of the realm of the Spirit that people are saying, enough is enough. I'm fed up with this. Whether it's an addiction that they've been trying to, and they've had very little hope, just thinking, I just, this is just my lot in life. I don't think I'll ever overcome it. But tonight, the chain breaker is present. The way maker is present. Destroying yokes, removing burdens. And I believe that tonight is their miracle tonight. That tonight begins a new night as the restlessness of their spirit says, enough is enough. 
And Father, I thank you for your sweet spirit that is here amplifying your word into any area of their life that is necessary because I believe you're hovering over them in the realm of the spirit. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, and you're saying, Pastor, that was definitely a message for me. I needed to hear that tonight. I need to surrender my life to Christ. Or let me take it one step further. Maybe you've accepted Christ, but you know deep down in your heart you're living below your privileges, and you know that it's time to recommit your heart to the Lord Jesus. With every head bowed, every eye closed for just a minute longer, if that's you, would you slip up your hand all over this auditorium just acknowledging, I want to receive Christ or recommit my heart to the Lord Jesus. Thank you so much. I know it takes a lot of courage to do that. You can put your hands down. Any others are saying, Pastor, pray for me too. I want to make that decision tonight to follow Christ. Okay, excellent. Anyone else? Just a moment longer. Let's do this. Let's put a hand in our heart and pray with those that are making that quality choice and that decision. Those that are joining us online, we want to encourage you to pray this out loud with us. In, in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, it says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That means no matter what you've done wrong, all that matters right now is what Jesus Christ has done right. So let's call on his name together with those that are joining us. Would you pray this out loud? Heavenly Father, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, come into my heart. I accept you as my Lord, my Savior. And my best friend, thank you for dying on the cross for all of my sins. I commit my life to you now and forever. Holy Spirit, fill me with your presence. Take my life and do something with it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.